Sing Glory! You're affronted with Troy's work in the sense that a hundred or so straight-faced young girls stare you down in a no-bullshit kind of manner. There's no silence. There's no easy in the eye, let me get out of your way. It's blunt and in your face, taking the setting of a psychological dream world in which the experience of sexual abuse is at the forefront. In this episode, Welsh and Chinese artist Choi Chung Lung speaks to her past, present, and future as she answers how sticking to her gut has seen her grow in her artistic craft and has given form to her present-day life. Sometimes we need to detour off of the path we thought was meant for us in order to realize there's a far more interesting one just ahead. This is I Do Abstract, Not Cartoons, with Choi Chung Lung. A quick heads up, we're dealing with an overseas conversation here, so the audio may reflect this. Coming to you from New York City and Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Hi, my name is Choi Jan Leung. I'm an artist living in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm originally from Wales in the UK. I think that's with every creative person. That's why you keep making stuff, because you're always feeling, and you haven't found it yet. You know, you haven't found that that medium or that voice. You know? So I, I've done a bunch of stuff along the way. I ended up in New York, and... Um, I couldn't work at the time because I didn't have papers, so I would hang out at the wood yard where they threw out offcuts of wood, and I would pick up these offcuts, and it was I'd get paints, and I'd just paint on this wood, and it was my start at um, painting because I couldn't bring all my metalwork tools with me. Yeah, and um, as I started painting, I really enjoyed the abstract world, you know, and. Um, in New York, I found that there was an audience to that as well. People would look at it and go, oh, how much is that? And, and so I'd go like, oh, $50. <laughs> and it, that money would then pay for my next art materials. So I think the one thing I've always done is any money I made would always just be invested back in my art. It wasn't like I used it for anything else. It just allowed me to grow my art practice and allow me the freedom to keep creating stuff, you know? Wow. And I then worked for another artist, uh, you know, for a couple of years. And then probably I decided, yeah, I have to work on my own stuff, you know. And I started painting large abstracts. And I think over the time, like the, the Young Girl Project, I think that's what you saw. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, that's really occurred over a long time that everything that happened before then is definitely involved and part of it but it I think it's it really was about the abstract was me not being comfortable talking about that subject matter and then gradually it became more literal yeah and as I felt more comfortable within myself and you know in, in how to express that um, it emerged it kind of changed from abstract into you know, the more graphic and illustrative, you know, so. It's very much a contrast compared to some artists who are like, went to college, found their style, and you've explained it kind of the creative process and always kind of searching and not sticking to one medium, but I love that you did metal work as well. Yeah, I really enjoy the three dimensional, and I, I do want to incorporate that into, um, you know, the Young Girl Project as well. Yeah. yeah. Was there actually a period where you thought that you wanted to go to college or were you never... Yeah, I was in college. 
I did my degree in metal, like the silversmith. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Were you aware of the concept of following your gut back then? Yeah, I think from an early age, I, I, I made a lot of decisions very early. I think at 12, I decided I want to leave um, Britain. I'd just come back from a holiday in Hong Kong to see relatives, and I was, like, blown away. <laughs> and I yeah, it was, it was like having a, you know, a colored television, like having black and white TVs and going to color and then going back to black and white. It felt like that as a kid, you know. And, um, yeah. And I think I also made the decision early on that, I, you know, art was never, it was never a question what I was going to do. It was just, this is what I can do. You know, so it wasn't a decision to do what I do. It was, um, it was just that was it, you know. And I, um, but I did know that I didn't necessarily want to get into uh, a work environment where I had a boss or worked for a company. I didn't. I knew I wanted to be self-employed. I thought that was the only way um, I could dedicate the amount of time I wanted to do what I loved to do. And I always thought, you know, your time on this planet is so limited. And uh, that was it. It was um, anything that came into my life, it wasn't the motivation was always, does this allow me to keep doing what I do? Or does this stop me from keep doing what I do? And if the answer was, it's going to prevent me from, you know, creating, it would be, I, I, I don't want to do it. And it, it was a very stubborn way of being, but it, um, and it involves a lot of sacrifices. You know, it's like the materialism yeah. of the world. Like, um, you know, I've had to go without. I've had to keep my lifestyle very lean and mean. And, but at the same time, it's, you know, that's what my choice was. So, I'm happy. That's like a very different standpoint compared to some of the girls I've talked to where um, they were like, okay, well you know, materialistic-wise. They're like, I want this, and, um, you know, I want a nice apartment. Um, I want to be able to make sure I have a car. Uh, and they kind of factored all these things into, can I go after my dreams? Um, is it worth it? And listening to you, you're like, okay, well, this is what I want to do, and you didn't really pay attention to the rest. Um, yeah, I really respect you for that. Um, and... I always find it important, I ask this question because it's important to underline a person's beginning because um, whenever you hear about career path or say the artistic or uh, music industry, everyone's, it's kind of dubbed as like an industry that's oversaturated and whoever's looking to get into it, they, they are like, I'm not going to do it, I don't stand a chance. Um, do you have any, any advice? For these people, what would you say to people who have adopted this point of view? That's like saturation in the industry is kind of their go-to excuses. There's already so many people. I'm not going to stand a chance. It depends what your motivation is to do what you do. You know, um, if your motivation is just to follow your own journey and your own discovery of uh, yourself through your art or your observation of life through your art, then the industry plays no part in it. If you want to be like successful and famous and all those other things, then it would play part in it, you know? Yeah. But, um, so I would say you, you, you have to really understand your motivation as to why you're doing something in your life. And, and 
accept, you know, why you're doing something in your life and then accept those circumstances, you know. Do you believe that being an artist and coming from your standpoint, has it, in what ways has it contributed to your concept of just sticking to your gut, following your instincts? You know, instinctually, I, you know, I made decisions very young and then hindsight looked back and went, wow, that was a brave decision at that time. And there's other moments where I made really stupid decisions, you know. So I think, you know, you, you just have to go with what, what makes you feel alive, you know, and what brings you, like elevates you in terms of how you feel when you do, you wake up and what you do. Or what sucks away your energy, you know. And if there's if there's decisions you've made in life that deplete you or bring you down, you have to go. Okay, maybe I have to change course. And I think when you do make uh, decisions that are good for you, you, you naturally feel um, energized and inspired and enthusiastic, you know. Yeah. And that's sort of. Yeah, how I look at it. And do you um, have any immediate examples of having just followed your own path and what that has, say, manifested into your life? It can be it can be the simplest of examples. Well, maybe the simplest thing probably was the beginning of the Young Girl Project. Yeah. Which happened probably like for um, 2013, around then. I'd always done abstract painting and I was sitting in the kitchen with a, a friend of mine and I was doodling on a letter that had come into the house. And I would always doodle these little girls, but just their heads, you know? And then I'd stop at the neck and I'd do like one or two, and I've been doing that for years, just doodling little heads and stopping. And he said to me, what's that? And I said, oh, I just doodle. And he looked at it and he goes, you should keep drawing these and just and I go, why? I don't draw cartoons. It was like, it was almost like, I was flabbergasted. Like, I'm a, I do abstract, you know. I do, yeah. and, um, and, he, and he said, no, you should just just draw more. So I bought these tiny little moleskin, you know, the sketchbooks. Yeah. You in your pocket. And I started, every time I was just going on the subway into the city or back, I'd be like just doodling. And before, like, a few months or something, I'd got hundreds of these little drawings, and they were, when I looked at them, they were telling a story. And I realized it was subconsciously in me, and it was there, but I was always stopping myself by just discounting it as a little cartoon. You know? Yeah. And I think that is a, maybe a little example of how we can tell ourselves, oh, I'm, I, I don't do that. You know? Yeah. I do this, but if you kind of take away that voice that stops you or defines you and you break through that self-definition and go, well, why can't I do that? Or who says I only do this? Then maybe something can happen that's, uh, that flows out in a different, you know, different way. I love how you came across this project. It's beautiful. I still have the envelope as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> I kept it. Yeah. <laughs> And how do you, say, get aligned? Do you just, how do you, like, kind of get grounded and draw back to yourself when you feel a little too spread thin? Um, music. I love music. I love listening to music. Um, 
traveling. I think I get a lot of ideas if I just disappear for a little bit. And I just go to, you know, go to nature. Like I was raised around nature. So living in, you know, the city in New York, it's uh, you're so far away from that. So I think, um, you know, being in nature is really important to just remember not all the world is like this. And there's, there's a lot of important things other than just being able to do, you know, not do what you want to do, but just, just be, just live and just survive and, you know. So I'd say nature. We're going to switch gears a little. As a mother, is there a contrast in the ways in which your daughter has approached her dreams and ambitions in comparison to, say, when you went after your own? And do you find that there's a shift in regards to how her generation views what they are capable of? Well, I think I, raised, I was a single mom, so it was just me and her a lot of the time. Um, and I think I was always conscious that she's watching me it's not really about the advice I give her verbally or... But just by her seeing me do what I do, I'm taking away layers of questions for her, if you know what I mean. So, like, we moved a lot when she was young, and um, I think it took away her fear of change or, you know, that life can go up and can go down, yeah. but it also go up again, you know? Um, she was exposed to a lot of different you know, lifestyles and people, uh, which made her more inclusive, I think, in terms of um, accepting many different types of circumstances that come in her life. When it comes to her own decisions, I think she's she's got, uh, um, she is very intuitive. She's always um, made her own decisions very young. And I allowed her to, you know, if she wanted to take the subway to school, I'd go... If you believe you can do it, you should do it. If, if you buy, you know, she was wanted to be independent, and you know, my fear projected onto her would have just stopped her from, you know, developing. That. Yeah. So I always allow her to to experience things and live from her own convictions, rather than say to her, "You should do that," or "You should do that." But she wasn't making those decisions through her own experiences or convictions, you know. And when it comes to the generation, I think. You know, her friends are amazing. I love having them around, and they're so um, so developed and deep. And I don't know, I, I find, uh, yeah, really interesting characters. And I don't really look at them for their age group. I just look at them for, you know, when I, when I talk to her friends, and it's just, just a peer-to-peer. There's yeah. no hierarchy, you know? And I think if you take away hierarchy within um, generational relationships, you you can learn a lot more than if you assert dominance, like, oh, I've been on the planet longer than you, therefore I know more. I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, people her age or different generations that are far more advanced than the older generations, you know? So it's like, yeah, listen and, yeah, you know? Yeah, I love this, yeah. And the last question is, why are you good at what you do? Um, just practice. I can look at, uh, I can honestly say, you just can't keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And you're never going to be good at what you do unless you just keep putting that hours in. And when I first started, I can't say I was 
than anything that I would want to show anyone, you know. But you just have to keep putting hours in and uh, dedicate your time to develop your skills, explore mediums, um, expand your visual vocabulary, you know. Um, yeah, I would say putting your hours with any job, you know. If you're an apprentice doing woodwork, you have to hone your skills and learn off good people and, you know, be open to um, being told, you know, be open to advice and critical, you know, thinking and everything like that. So. This is Choi Jan Leung for Guts and Glory, signing off. This was I Do Abstract, Not Cartoons, with Choi Chung Lung. Refer to the show notes to further get to know our guest. Share your thoughts and show some love by subscribing or get in touch to be featured on the podcast. Released every other Monday, thanks for lending us an ear. Passing on the mic.